it's sure good to be in God's house again. And I appreciate each one that's here, uh, the preacher and the singers and the fellows taking care of the equipment and the technical part of it. It just, it, everybody's important. And you folks that are not here physically, that are praying, and we were just, Taylor and I were just talking about, and, and Billy uh, and some of us, we were just talking about some of the service we've had already where you could feel such a connection. You could feel the prayers of God's children. And uh, it's just amazing uh, as we go along in life, some of the things that God teaches us, some of the experiences that we have, and even in the midst of trouble, God gives you blessings and he teaches you things and he helps you on your journey. And so I appreciate the spirit of God he's given us and the services that we've been having. And boy, I tell you, uh, God's been moving and touching some people's hearts. Uh, I even had some phone calls today from some people talking about uh, how God had really touched their hearts. And they thank God for the services that we've been having. And of course, they feel like I do and like all of you do. I'm anxious for the day to come uh, when they say, okay, uh, coronavirus is over with. Uh, everybody start gathering like you want to. Uh, and uh, I've said this a number of times. I want to say it again. When the day comes that they say you can just open up and have a full house. You know, now, before that, they might say you can open it up and have 100 people. I don't know. But when the day comes that they say you can just have everybody you want, uh, everybody that uh, can be seated, you, you need to uh, invite them to come. When that day comes... What should happen? The seats should all be full. They should be people lined up around the walls, and there should be people looking in at the windows. We, we need to appreciate what God's given us and some of the things it's easy to take for granted. And uh, so I want to read one verse of Scripture. This is in the book of Ecclesiastes. Uh, this is in the ninth chapter and 11th verse. Very familiar Scripture. The writer said, I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill. And get this last phrase. But time and chance happeneth to them all. Everyone gets your time and opportunity, and you get your call from God. Boy, I tell you what, we need to take it when it comes. Let's pray. Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for letting us be in your house this evening, and thank you for the folks that are here. Thank you for the folks that are not here. God, we ask you to just bless us and help us this evening with this service. Lord, uh, please let it just uh, be a service that would cause uh, people to be uplifted and blessed and Lord, that it might be a service that would touch people's hearts that are lost and help them to realize they need to come to Jesus. God, just help us in every way we need help. God, with the with ministry of your Holy Spirit, uh, God, we thank you. And we ask you these things. We give you these praises in Jesus' name. And amen. Okay, keep praying. And now uh, we've got a number of singers here, and we want to utilize them, and we're honored and glad they're here, and I believe it's God's will for, for us to be here. Sister Janine's here, and I'm going to ask her first if she feels like singing. If you do, come ahead. Right. I want to say I was blessed just to come in the door. The song hasn't left me, so I'm going to try my best because it's the least I can do for my Lord. Life is easy when you're up on a mountain and you've got peace of mind like you've never known. But things change and you're down in the valley. Don't lose faith, friend. Cause you're never alone For the God of the mountain Is still God in the valley When things go wrong He'll make them right And the God of the good times Is still God in the bad times God of the day. 
still God in the night. We talk of faith when we're up on a mountain. Oh, but talk comes so easy when life's at its best. But down in the valley of trials and temptations, that's when faith is really put to the test. For the God of the mountain is still God in the valley when things go wrong. He'll make them right, and the God of the good times is still God in the bad times. The God of the day is to cut in the night. I appreciate that song. Appreciate Sister Jane singing it. Appreciate the truth of that song. I'm glad God is like that. God doesn't change just because of our circumstances. He's still God. He can still handle it. You folks, come on, sing. Just follow your heart. Come, do what you feel like, and follow the Lord. appreciate being here yeah it, it is different seeing an empty church house Amen. but it's a blessing to be able to be back in god's house Amen. i've been able to worship even on facebook which i never thought that that would be something i'd say but Amen. i've been able to do it because god's bigger than facebook neil right. god's bigger than what's going on he's bigger than all of it and even as bad as what this coronavirus is and the troubles and death that it causes Amen. There's trouble, it's even worse, and that's sin. Amen. And that's when you got to come to God because right. He can overcome the coronavirus and He can overcome sin and give you a better country to go to after a while. Right. But I appreciate getting being here. And that's what this song is. You pray for us. It's called He Never Made a Promise. He promised He'd never leave us and never forsake us mm -hmm. and that He'd be there with us always. And He's never made a promise that He didn't keep. Right. Yeah. You pray for us. I have a blessed assurance And it helps me to face every storm A foretaste of heaven I cling to And that's what I build my life on So instead of the struggles I'm facing let me tell of the Savior I know And how His Word is today And for always So I'll always have a reason to hope There's never been a long night he won't bring me through There's never been a morning His mercies are new There's never been a moment He's not all I need He's never made a promise That He does not keep he tells me that he'll never leave me 
that he'll be faithful and strong when I'm weak. And I'll find his grace is sufficient, whatever my heartache and grief. Oh, the trials of this life always show me that he'll be faithful to me till the end. And that's why my song, my story is of Jesus, my Savior and friend. There's never been a long night He won't bring me through. There's never been a morning His mercies are new. There's never been a moment He's not all I need. He's never made a promise that He does not keep. There's never been a moment He's not all I need. He's never made a promise that he does not keep. Today I faced a mountain once again it seemed so tall I tried to climb it but it seemed I'd surely fall so I knelt and I called on Jesus just as always I felt his presence his hand of mercy rescued me just in time I want to thank Him. I want to praise Him. His grace has been sufficient. And like before, He's given victory one more time. He was always standing by my side when the valley was low and the river was wide. I want to thank Him. I want to praise Him one more time. Looking back on this journey, since the day that I first met Him, so many times His love and mercy has rescued me. So today I come before Him and one more time I'll stand and praise Him for all His blessings, for He has been so good to me. I want to thank Him. I want to praise Him. His grace has been sufficient. And like before, He's given victory one more time. He was always standing by my side When the valley was low and the river was wide I want to thank Him, I want to praise Him one more time He was always standing by my side When the valley was low and the river was wide I want to thank Him I want to praise Him one more time. It is weird not, not having the congregation here, but 
I could look out and I could see where, where people usually sit. I can, I can see their faces and I can, I can fellowship and worship with you. And I'm just thankful that I can praise him one more time. And this song's been on my heart all day. The longer I serve him, the sweeter it grows. I, I'm just so thankful that the longer I'm on this road, and I've not been on it too long, but the sweeter it gets every time. So just pray for us. We'll sing this song. Since I started for the kingdom, since my life he controlled, since I gave my heart to Jesus the longer serve him the sweeter he grows the longer I serve him the sweeter he grows the more that I love him the more joy he bestows each day is like heaven, my heart overflows. The longer I serve Him, the sweeter He grows. Every need He is supplying. His grace He bestows. Every day my way gets brighter the longer I serve Him, the sweeter He grows. The longer I serve the sweeter he grows, the more that I love him, the more joy he bestows. Each day is like heaven, my heart overflows. The longer I serve him, the sweeter he Every day my way gets brighter The longer I serve Him, the sweeter He grows appreciate all these songs. Well, I tell you, they're precious to me and what a blessing they are. I uh, felt the Lord in them and uh, such a good message in those songs. And I really appreciate what they've been singing about. I'm glad I know what they're singing about. I remember a time as a lost boy when the church would sing and some of the things they'd sing about, it sounded neat to me. But I thought, I just don't quite get that. I, what do they mean? But there came a time when I knelt at an all repentance and I trusted Jesus as the Savior of my soul. And many of those things became more clear to me that night. So I want everybody to pray. And uh, you folks that are listening and watching, uh, really focus on what's being said and what's being sung tonight. And really ask yourself, what does God want me to do? And then do that. We, we appreciate all the singers and we appreciate our preaching brother, Neil Warman, that's here tonight. We had on our heart to ask him to preach tonight. So. We're going to turn over to Brother Neil, let him come, follow the Lord, and just do whatever he feels like. Brother Neil.
I appreciate being here. And, um, I appreciate all the people that came out to sing. There's just a few of us here, but uh, songs have, have helped me a bunch. And um, I'm, I'm nervous, and um, I'm excited, and uh, I just want to follow the Lord tonight and um, just want to help somebody. Um, the, the songs that were sung, they just, they've helped me so much. I just want to calm down and, and just take my time and um, preach the message the Lord wants me to preach. Um, because the Lord's message is what needs to get out. It's not whether you need to see me or hear me. or It's just whatever the Lord wants to get by. And it's like Terry said, there's, there's things that are said and sung about that uh, you need to pay attention to. Um, there's coming a time when this will all be gone and uh, there won't be any more church down here. We'll all be on, we'll be on, I'll be on in heaven. There, if you're saved, you'll be on in heaven. And that's what I want to tell you about today. I want to tell you about salvation and I want to tell you about what the Lord did. Um, but uh, I just want to read a... Um, I want to read a, a, a definition first about compassion. That's where my thoughts are, are on compassion. And so I just want to read this so we can maybe follow along a little better. But uh, the verse of compassion, I mean, the, 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 what it means, it says, a feeling of deep sympathy and sorrow for another who is stricken by misfortune, accompanied by a strong desire to alleviate the suffering. So just keep that in mind. And um, I want to read in uh, Mark... Um, it'd be chapter 6 I'll give you a minute to turn there it'd be about verse 30 and these are uh, what it, I'm just going to read a few verses but the what's leading up to it is the the 5,000 that Jesus fed I'm not going to get to that but um, there that's that's where it's that's what we're talking about um, so just pray for me um, chapter 6 verse 30 it said and the apostles gathered themselves together unto Jesus and told him all things both what they had done and what they had taught and he said unto them come Come ye yourselves apart unto a desert place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going, and they had no leisure so much as to eat. So they didn't have time to eat. They were just busy, a lot going on. And he said, And they departed unto a desert place by a ship privately. And the people saw them departing, and many knew him, and ran afoot thither out of all cities, and outwent them, and came together unto him. And this is what I want to get to, and this has stuck out. I read this about two weeks ago, and I just can't get it out of my mind. Um, this is what I wanted. This is where compassion comes in. 34, it says, And Jesus, when he came out, saw much people, and he was moved with compassion toward them, because they were a sheep, not having a shepherd, and he began to teach them many things. And I've wondered about the teaching the many things. You know, what did Jesus teach them? But I, Lord showed me he teached them about the kingdom of God is what he taught them about. But I'm just glad one time he looked at me and saw me as a sheep without a shepherd, and either the gospel message was preached to me. This is talking about shepherds as kind of like leaders a little bit as what it kind of the background and I look at Terry and he's definitely the shepherd but the Lord's a good shepherd is what the Bible says the Lord will die for his sheep I'm thinking you know it, it's kind of funny my wife and I we, we got some chickens and we want to learn how to raise some chickens and there's not I would not die for one of them chickens that's just how it would be but the Lord died for his sheep I'm just a lonely old sheep and the Lord died for me but um, I want to read another couple of scriptures here that kind of just outlines compassion for me um this is in third chapter of genesis and this is when uh, this is basically the fall of man is where we're at chapter three and i'm gonna start reading to verse eight here this is when the lord's coming in the garden and the lord give me a new perspective on this i was reading some things about it and it kind of opened my eyes up um just maybe a just a different perspective but uh just follow with me um verse eight and it says, and they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden. So this is after they ate of the fruit. This is after they ate of the forbidden fruit. And it says, and they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. I've hid myself a few times from the Lord. When I haven't followed the Lord, right, I've had to hide a few times. But I'm just you just keep praying. and keep, I'll just read, read a little bit. He said, and the Lord called out unto Adam and said, where art thou? I'm thankfully called out to me one time and gave me an opportunity to come get saved. And he said, verse 10, it says, And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and hid myself. And the, and the point that I want to kind of get across is, is how this lines up with compassion is after they ate of the fruit, the Lord, they had messed up. We messed up. The Lord come back in the garden. The Lord come up to the garden. He said, "Here, I know you've messed up. You've messed up, and he, he came and gave me an opportunity. Because over here in verse 14, this is what he said. 
And he said, And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. And upon the belly shalt thou go, and the tusk shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between the seed and her seed. And it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. He's talking about Jesus. He already had a plan back in the garden when we come out of the garden. And here's what I want. I want to read another verse here. This is in the first chapter of John. Uh, excuse me. The second chapter, and we just studied this, and how it just fit right in. The Lord showed me this. First verse, it says, My little children, these things I write unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, ye have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Boy, we've got a way out today. The Lord can save us. You can come to the Lord. I'm just telling you what he did. He died for us. He died for his sheep. Back in the, back in the Garden of Eden, he told that's what was going to have to happen. He was going to have to die, and he, I was going to have to accept it. The message that all the prophets preached, the message all the disciples preached was the same message. You had to have Jesus if you wanted to get saved. And what I like about this, this is what I like. This is verse 2. And it said, He is the propitiation of our sins. And not, on, not for ours only, but also the sins of the whole world. He was the propitiation for the whole world. He saved, He came and died. That's, that death served what the Lord needed back in the garden. The, the sins that we had back then and what the Lord showed us, that's what, that, that's what Jesus did for us. He gave us a way to get away from them sins so we can have eternal life. And I'm just so thankful for that. I'm thankful for what the Lord's done for me. And I just want to let you know the Lord is there for you always. And when you get saved, if the Lord's calling you and you're, you need to pray or you're at home and the Lord's tugging on your heart and giving you something, you need, I, I would love to pray with you. Um, we, can, we can pray. We can all get down and pray or whatever you need. But I've heard stories where people have been watching online and they say, well, do you want to pray? Boy, that's what, that's what it takes. It takes people following the Lord to come get saved. I'm just thankful the Lord spoke with me one day, and I'm just, I'm, just beyond, I'm just beyond happy and thankful for what the Lord's done. And, boy, I'm thankful for this live stream, because if it wasn't for this, we'd really be struggling. And I want to, put it, I want to give you one last thought. They, when, years ago, when we, when we came up with this live stream, I know we voted on it, church came, but the Lord showed me that he was preparing us for this coronavirus when he set us up with the live stream. So you think about that when you're at home and you can't sit here. If you didn't have a way to view this, the Lord set us up. He knew it was coming way back then. He knew the coronavirus was coming when we left the Garden of Eden. He knew it was coming. So you just, you just, you just keep praying and keep praying for this live stream and then all the people. And I can't, appre I can't thank the people enough that put the time in. But uh, it's been an honor to stand before you tonight. But uh, I'm just going to turn it back over to my pastor. Boy, I appreciate Neil. I appreciate that message on compassion. And I'm telling you what, if it wasn't for the compassion of God, we wouldn't have a chance. We have what we have because of God's compassion. Man, I appreciate that message. And that just blessed my heart. So many good points that God blessed Neil to make in his preaching. And I'd like to say again, uh, Neil touched this already, but if you're listening and watching wherever you're at, at home, in your car, uh, wherever you're at, that you're listening and watching. If God's speaking to your heart, uh, you ought to bow your heart somewhere. You can maybe have you an altar at your couch or your chair or your end, you know, your end table or your coffee table or the middle of the floor. Or if you're in your car, just uh, you know, lean over your dashboard or your steering wheel and uh, humble your heart. Uh, where we have an altar at, now we got an altar here in church, but we appreciate it. It means a lot to us. We've seen a lot of people get saved here. But where we have our spiritual altar at is when we humble ourselves before God and we pray and we talk to God. This has been said probably a thousand times in the last month. You don't have to be in the church house to get saved. And so I've been pondering what to do. I, uh, God gave me some scriptures today. I didn't know if I need to use them or not, but they line up with what you preach so good, Brother Neil. I might need to say a few things about them. It won't take long probably. Uh, but I need to start uh, in the the... 19th chapter of the book of Luke. And I'd preached some from the 19th chapter a couple weeks ago about when Jesus was at the Mount of Olives with his disciples and he got on that uh, borrowed donkey or donkeys and they rode down into Jerusalem. You know, the people down there told the Lord, said, won't you rebuke your disciples? They ain't making too much noise. They're praising God. You know, the world liked for us to be quiet. And uh, Jesus said, uh, I'll tell you this, if I would uh, rebuke my disciples, these stones here would cry out. And well, right after that, here's what happened. 
It said in verse 41, uh, here in the 19th chapter of the book of Luke, verse 41, and when he was come near, he beheld the city. Now, it was Jerusalem that he was beholding. He'd been in there a lot, ministered to the people, preached to them, and all around that area. But when he was coming down the Mount of Olives, he could look out over that city of Jerusalem. And that's, in a natural sense, that's really a pretty picture. But when he looked out over that city, the Bible said he wept over it. He cried. That fits right into your message, Neil. He had compassion on these folks. Here's why he cried. Listen to this, saying, If thou hadst known, even thou, and when he said that, even thou, you folks has been so mean to me that wants to crucify me, that's, that's treated me so bad. Even you folks. Now, think about that. You don't have to be a real good, upstanding person to get saved. I'm sure glad. We've all sinned, come short of the glory of God. But he said, And when he was come near, he beheld a city and wept over it, saying, If thou hadst known, even thou, uh, at least in this day, he said, the things which belong unto thy peace, but now they are hid from thine eyes. And listen to what happened, what the result was. He said, for the day shall come upon thee that thine enemies shall cast a trench about thee and compass thee around and keep thee in on every side. You know what happens when you turn God away? It gives the devil more power. And the more you turn God away, the more the devil gets in on you, the more he gets you surrounded. And, and I'll tell you what I think now. Uh, this is what I believe. I believe every time you turn the Lord away, it hardens you hard a little bit. I believe it makes it a little bit harder. Now, the first time God ever spoke to me, uh, it was just incredible. And I, I, but I didn't get saved that time. Well, as I went on, I turned the Lord away a few times. And it seemed like it was a little harder uh, for me to get to that spot where I could really come to the altar. But now, God's Spirit was still calling, and I was still able to get saved because I did. And I've even known people, it was way up in years. Uh, I knew a man once at 92 years old got saved. So, so what I'm saying now, understand this. Every time you turn the Lord away, it hurts you and it puts you at risk and puts you in danger. Uh, but if you'll come when God's calling, you can still get saved. But now, this goes right along with that other scripture and goes right along with Neil's message. It's over here in the 13th chapter of the book of Luke, verse 34. Uh, Jesus was still here in a different spot, but he was looking down at Jerusalem. I want you to get what he said. He said, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. I can hear his anguish in that, can't you? Uh, Taylor, I can feel it. I, I can kind of, in my imagination, I, I can picture him looking down and say, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. And listen, he describes them. He said, which killeth uh, the prophets and stoneth them that are sent unto thee. How often, now get this. How often would I have gathered thy children together as a hen doth gather her brood under her wings and ye would not. I want to tell a little story. It come on my heart pretty strong. Uh, just, uh, well, I don't know if I was up here sitting down there, but since I've been here. When I was a little boy, uh, mom and daddy would take me, and we'd go down to Kentucky to visit. I had a grandpa named Wesley Money. And he had a wife. Uh, his first wife had died, mother of his children. His uh, second wife, her name was Dory, but some of the children called her Dodo. And she was sweet. She was my grandma. She was step-grandma, but she was my grandma. She loved me. She was good to me. Well, I remember down there uh, on Greasy Creek, uh, sitting on the front porch of Grandpa Wesley and, and uh, Mamaw Dodo's front porch in those old cane bottom chairs. And you know, I hear people talking about uh, free range chickens. Uh, that kind of tickles me because uh, back then that's all they had was free range chickens. If you had a chicken, it was free range. I remember sitting there on that front porch and I remember those chickens running around in the yard. And uh, for some reason, God lets me remember this with such clarity. There was a big white hen and she was so protective of her little chicks. And if a dog would come around barking, uh, she'd spread her wings out. And those little chicks would come get up under her wings. And uh, if it would just even start to rain, you know, if it come a rainstorm and the wind started blowing, uh, that hen, she'd go to clucking, she'd spread her wings out. Those chicks would run up there and they'd get under her wings. And once they got up under there, she'd kind of fluff her wings a little bit and she'd pull those wings in against her. You couldn't even tell the chicks were there. They were hidden under her wings. And the psalmist said, I think it's in the 17th Psalm, don't remember what verse, but the psalmist said, Lord, hide me under the shelter of your wings. And so uh, Jesus is saying uh, to Jerusalem here, if you'd have just known it, uh, I would have gathered you together. I'd have gathered your children together like a hen uh, gathers her brood. He, he said, uh, listen, uh, what he said down here, uh, uh, and he said, behold, your house is left to you desolate. He said, I've tried and I've called and I've called to you and I invited you to come. I wanted to rescue your children, but you didn't want anything to do with me. 
Boy, I'm telling you what, uh, to to people that live in our country today, now everybody ought to want the Lord. But I've thought about this, Neil. If people's got children, how could they uh, not want to seek the Lord for their children's benefit? You know, when my children were little, uh, if one of them got sick, I want to take it to the doctor. I want to get some medicine. If it was about to run out in the road, I'd, I'd run and catch it and I'd scold it and maybe swat it. Say, you can't play in the road. Why would you do that? Because I love my children. I wanted to protect them. I, I wanted them to have clothes suitable to wear. I wanted them to have enough food to eat. I want to have a bed to sleep in. Those things are important, folks. But the spiritual provision for our children is more important than the natural part. And so Jesus was saying here, uh, let me get this again. He said, how often uh, would I have gathered thy children together as a hen doth gather her brood under her wing? And you would not. Boy, I'm telling you what, uh, don't miss your chance tonight. Uh, That scripture that I read earlier from over in the book of Ecclesiastes, uh, the race is not to the swift and the battle is not to the strong. And down to the end of that, it said, but time and chance happeneth to them all. I'm telling you what, God gives everybody time to get saved. He gives everybody a chance. Neil preached tonight, great message, compassion. God has compassion on his people. I want to tell you what. And so uh, listen, what he's saying down here, when he's talking down here, he said, behold, your house is left to you desolate. I want you to get this. And he said, verily I say unto you, ye shall not see me until the time uh, come when ye shall say, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Uh, I'm telling you what, over in the book of Revelation, I believe I've got it marked somewhere there. I think I have over in the book of Revelation. Uh, it tells us in chapter 1, uh, He's talking about, uh, John said this to the seven churches in Asia. Boy, he had a powerful message. It was the revelation of Jesus Christ. He was telling them about him. He said, grace be unto you and peace. This is verse 4. From him which is and which was and which is to come and from the seven spirits uh, which are before his throne. I don't want to get into all that, but I want to get verse 7. He said, behold. He means, look at this. See this. He said, behold. He cometh with clouds. Boy, I'm telling you, the Lord's coming in the clouds. He's going to split the eastern sky one day and there's going to be a resurrection. He's coming in the clouds and every eye shall see him and they which pierced him and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. I'm telling you, uh, God uh, knows what he's doing. And uh, back uh, here in the book of Romans, uh, chapter 14, verse 11, said, For it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, Every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. Uh, So then, every one of us shall give account uh, of himself to God. Well, how can that be, preacher? With all the wickedness in the world, uh, the majority of people in the world don't even believe in God. How's everybody going to bow their knee to him? How's everybody going to confess him? I bowed my knee when I was 12 years old. I confessed the Lord when I was 12 years old. I praise God I did. But if folks go through life and deny him uh, in the resurrection, uh, when uh, the, he says, depart from me, ye workers of iniquity, I never knew you. And uh, they have to uh, go into that place called hell. I'm telling you, uh, they'll not deny that he's the Christ then. They'll recognize that he's the Lord of lords and the King of kings. And so uh, let me uh, tell you this tonight. Don't turn your opportunities down. Don't miss your chance. Uh, I'm telling you what, everybody has a chance. God gave me a number of opportunities for my chance. But everybody's going to have an opportunity. Listen, I've had people tell me, say, boy, if I could have just lived back there when Jesus lived and I would have seen him, stuff he did, it'd probably been easy to got saved back there. I want these folks I've been telling you about here that Jesus was talking to, they lived in that age. They saw him feed the multitudes. Uh, they saw him raise the dead. They, uh, they saw him uh, feed the, uh, the, the hungry. They, they saw him uh, open up the blinded eyes. That was the people that was telling him no. I'm telling you what, we've got just as much chance to get saved in this day and age we live in as those people back there had a chance to get saved. But listen, uh, whatever your reason. And see, they probably thought, see, Jesus uh, died when he was about uh, 33 and a half years old. I can only guess. This is just my guessing. But I suspect some of those people saw him do those things. Probably thought, well, uh, this is just a young man. He's going about doing big things. Uh, uh, he's, got, uh, he's got plenty of time yet. Uh, we'll think about this. We might follow him later on. We, if he's real, we might, we might believe on him uh, here in a few years. Uh, but the time come, he died and went to the cross. Uh, and he was telling these folks here, this was just shortly before he went to the cross, your time's up. Uh, you've missed your chance. You could have come. I'd have gathered you like a hen gathers her brood. Well, I wonder what reasons that people has got today that they're turning away Jesus. This is the interesting thing. 
You know, I hate the coronavirus. I wish it was gone. But I do like some of the things that's happened because of the coronavirus. What do you mean, preacher? I believe it's got people's attention a little bit. I believe God's got people's attention. And, and you know, there are some things that I've talked to people about coming to church. They say, oh, I can't, I've got to do so-and-so. They can't do them now because they're under a lockdown. Uh, they can't do them now. Uh, and, and I appreciate everybody's watching and listening on the live stream. Uh, let, me, let me tell you this. Uh, uh, obey the Lord. If God speaks to you on the live stream, get saved. Uh, but listen, when we get the doors of this uh, place back open, I, I want to encourage everybody that can come. You say, preacher, I don't have any dress clothes. Uh, wear your casual clothes. Uh, I, don't, I don't care if you come in sweatpants. Come to the house of God. Uh, obey the Lord. Listen to the Lord. I'm telling you what, let me, I need to preach this. It's been on my mind for two or three days. I've been really worrying about this. Uh, we got uh, folks that uh, says, I'll, I'll wait a little while and I'll do this and I'll do that. It come across my mind. I, I really believe this. I believe we got some young people uh, that knows they need to get saved and that wants to get saved, actually. But I believe they've decided they're going to wait till church camp because uh, they've seen some of their friends get saved at church camp. It's just my feelings. You, uh, you can just think about how you want to. Uh, but, you know, church camp's great, man. I like it. I like church camp. We've had a lot of people got saved at church camp. But I'm going to tell you what, uh, young folks, uh, if you are waiting on church camp, you're making a bad mistake. The Bible said, now's the day of salvation. It said, now's the acceptable time. Let me tell you some reasons of why it's a bad thing to wait for church camp. Uh, you might not be alive when church camp comes. <clears throat> I've, known, I've known people in the time I've been saved, and the time especially since I've been preaching and pastoring, I've known people that was pretty young. And I, some of them I suspected the Lord's calling, and something happened and they died. And they didn't make it to when they thought to it. They kept setting their stake out there a little farther and a little farther, and they didn't make it there. So you might not be alive when church camp comes. I've also known some people that's gone to church camp planning on getting saved, and they didn't get saved. And after it was over, somebody said, what happened? Thought you was going to get saved at church camp. And I said, I never did feel like God has called me. I went there planning on getting saved, but I, he didn't call me. Well, a little later on, uh, the one young lady I'm talking about in picture uh, pretty clearly, uh, she got saved at her home church. That's wonderful. But see, sometimes uh, God uh, does things in such a way to let us know he's still the one in charge. But now, here's another thing uh, that you've probably never thought about. If you're planning on waiting and getting saved at church camp, I will tell you a shocker. We may not have church camp this year. What are you talking about, preacher? Are you planning on having church? I'm not planning that way, but I wasn't planning on being here tonight with the empty church house. I wasn't planning on being here uh, last Sunday with a uh, pretty much empty church house like this. I wasn't planning on being here Easter and uh, hardly nobody here. Uh, I'm telling you with the coronavirus, we might have a second wave. Uh, it might cover us up. If, if we do have a second wave, and if it's along about the time of church camp, that kind of gathering will be the first one they'll lock the doors on. You can't do it. Stay home, they'll say. Do it. Well, preacher, I hope that doesn't happen. I know you hope it doesn't, but it could happen. We didn't know coronavirus was coming. We didn't know we were going to have all these obstacles. We didn't know how we were going to have all these things. But the compassion that Brother Neil preached about tonight, God's got compassion when he knocks at your heart, get saved. I'm telling you what, get saved tonight. If God's calling, get the Lord we got an altar here, but you don't have to be at this altar. This is a, I love this altar. It's got war places on it where people have prayed and cried. Boy, I like it. I like those war places. There was an old altar that looked a lot rougher than this one I got saved at. And it's precious in my memory and to my heart. But listen to me tonight. Uh, if you're here tonight, uh, uh, listening, uh, here, I don't mean just uh, physically here, but I mean if you're here under the sound of our voice, I'm going to ask the singers if they would, if they've got a song or songs to come, I want them to sing. And uh, I want Brother Neil to come stand back up here with me. He can stand on that side, and I'll stand over on this side. I think he can hear us both. He might have something he wants to say. But I, I want him to sing tonight. And I appreciate the songs, and I appreciate the, the message that uh, Brother Neil's preached, and I appreciate what God gave me. I didn't know I was going to say all that much, but, boy, it stirs my heart. I can feel it stirring right now. Somebody needs to get saved tonight. Neil, you want to say anything for the same? Sing whenever you get ready. Follow the Lord. Somebody needs Jesus. Only way you'll get Jesus is to seek him. Seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. Let me tell you about yeah. my friend. Amen.
these singers and these songs and I appreciate the preaching I appreciate Brother Neil's that was a great message God gave him about compassion I remember that in a long time I think uh, again I appreciate the fellas running the equipment up there and thank God especially well I felt like there was a lot of people praying tonight and I, I could feel it and it uplift me and helped me and uh, I thank God for everybody that's watching and for everybody that's praying and I just thank the Lord for you any words from anybody before we close? All right. Uh, I don't think I can feel like uh, closing in prayer. I'm just going to say just keep praying, keep listening, keep inviting people. You know, when we're having church, it's real important to invite people to church. I believe it's just as important now to talk to your friends and say, hey, did you know we're having uh, uh, virtual services? We're having we're having worship services. Now, it's, it's not, there's not a big crowd at the church house, but you can get it online. Tell them, tell them the address to get it at. And uh, say, just get on and watch. You know, just see what you think. See how you feel. And uh, I have an idea. God only knows this. But I have an idea that when, when this coronavirus thing is over, I think we'll have some people that will come to church and say, well, I got started watching it. So-and-so invited me. And it touched my heart. I wanted to come here when this is over. And, and so I want to tell people I appreciate them. And so if nothing else, we're going to say pray, invite people, just contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. I'm done.